Right. Hello and welcome to the Daily Scrub. So we're here again today uh, for another exciting episode. Uh, and today I've been promising guests and interviews with guests. And today we have our first actual live person on the podcast. I'm very excited to introduce her to you. Um, people often ask me about the podcast and they say, oh, what kind of guest have you got? And have you done interviews? And I say, no, it's just me talking. But I'm happy to announce that today we have our first guest and she's going to share a heap of great information with you. So I'm really excited to introduce Michelle Anderson all the way from Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, and Michelle has, um, I don't know how to introduce you because you do so many things that are fabulous and uh, you're constantly busy and doing great things. So first of all, welcome to the Daily Scrub podcast. Thank you. I'm honored to be the first guest on the Daily Scrub. I love the Daily Scrub. Thank you so much. That's great. And so I just wanted to, I've, I've been a guest on Michelle's podcast recently, so it was an honor for me to be on, on your podcast as well. And I just want to give some backstory into how we met because <clears throat> people might be wondering, how does a guy from Melbourne, Australia get you know, the first guest being a, a girl from Cincinnati, Ohio. So we met at a, at a digital marketing conference called uh, Funnel Hacking Live, which was created by ClickFunnels. And it so happened that Michelle was looking for podcast guests and I was looking for podcast guests. So we met that way and we, we kind of sat together at the first, uh, at the beginning of the event and uh, it was only just over a month ago that this event took place. It feels like I've known you for a lot longer than that, um, which is interesting. But, uh, but that's how we met, so, so the listeners know uh, how this kind of came about. So as you know, Michelle, we talk about reducing stress and trying to restore health to our bodies and create a happier life. Now, I know you do a bunch of different things. You've got a very successful design business called Flourish. Do you want to talk a little bit about that business first before we talk about your Manifesting Academy? Sure thing. Um, yeah, nine years ago, I officially launched my business after freelancing. And really, um, no one would hire me during the recession um, because I was a architecture graduate and I was looking for architecture jobs and gosh, entry level jobs weren't in at the time. So that was a great opportunity for me to start this company. And I realized I was a natural entrepreneur. I wasn't a natural business lady. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I had to work really hard uh, at learning and I didn't get very far, but I was a great designer and installing landscapes. So I hired a coach. And that really was a turning point for me. Um, I transformed my business and made it something that I'm very proud of today. And I still run that business, but I've really turned it into more of a four-hour work week for me. Although I'll have to join in on your podcast this week because 
it's spring here in Cincinnati and my stress level has gone up a bit. It's oh. the busy time for flourish. Okay. And uh, I kind of like that though. It's good adrenaline. And I started my coaching practice about three years ago after really diving deeply into trying to master my business and saying, you know what, I really need to share this, what I've learned here. Mm -hmm. There's so many questions that come out of that great answer. Um, but I want to take you back a little bit because your journey over the nine years, I've, I've listened to a lot of your podcast episodes and your kind of how you got to where you got to. I think it's really fascinating and it didn't come easily. Um, so, but what I want to focus on is uh, what actually changed it for you. Was there a certain turning point where you had kind of a struggle mindset? You were constantly in this battle to kind of create that fulfillment in your life uh, to the point where it switched for you. And then all of a sudden you had this creative mindset and this, um, the flow of success and, you know, started to manifest for you. So was there a point where you kind of effectively woke up? And if so, like what, what changed it? Or was there a combination of things that changed it for you? Like what, what actually turned it for you from struggle to success? Yeah, that's, you know, definitely how I see it. It was struggle and then it was eventually success, but, um, I'm very hard-headed and I think a lot of people can be and it's great to feel like you're right. And I think eventually I was just sick of feeling really miserable and I have had a very um, adventurous life and I, I've had a lot of experiences that were highs and lows, but nothing really prepared me for what was happening when I started my business because I had gotten married and I had started this small, tiny business that was really kind of out of my passion area. I love design. And I thought, and I had also purchased a house that I was going to renovate. There I was, you know, kind of doing some things like I had checked off the boxes and I couldn't have been more miserable because my marriage wasn't working. My business wasn't working. My house was just crappy. I mean, it was at the beginning of a renovation and my clients were not horrible people by any means, but they weren't the types of clients that I knew I could help. Um, and so I just thought something's just really not working. And it wasn't just a frustration level. I was in really deep emotional pain. Mm. Um, and I thought there was something wrong with me, but fortunately I have a resilient attitude. And even though I'm very headstrong, I do appreciate a different perspective. And I had met a woman who she tells me that she was, I was one of the people that she asked the most about working with her because she knew in her heart of hearts that she could help me. So she had just started a coaching practice and I felt very poor at the time. I was living hand to mouth and my husband had finally moved into the country and um, I had discovered that he was really involved with alcohol. <laughs> it was just a chaos. I had told this woman about these things and how I felt. And she was the only one that knew because from the outside, you would think that I had a pretty great life. Business owner, 
newlywed. Um, you know, that was trending at the time. So um, I guess that was basically a rock bottom for me when I realized I couldn't figure it out on my own and I hired her. I was so scared because I had spent $1,800 to hire her and that seemed like mountainous amount of money. And I put it on a credit card and I thought, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen is that I never get this money back and I don't like this experience. And I ended up making my money back in the first day because number one, she's an amazing coach and I love her approach. So she could, she allowed me to open up enough so that I finally shared my deepest, darkest secret. And it was shame about money. Mm-hmm. And I had been paying a woman that I really loved, uh, a really good friend of mine too much to help me in my company. And In that moment, I went from, this is a fun thing. My friends can be involved. It's going to be a great little journey. Everything's happy. Girl boss this, girl boss that. I'll figure it out too. Oh, this is a serious business. I need to make a strategy. It's time to be selfish about me. The next day, I told my friend that things were going to be different. (laughs) And that's a whole nother podcast I think I have of mine. (laughs) Didn't go well. And it took me about three years of really adamant. I can't overestimate how adamant and persistent and resilient I had to be to get out of the misery I was in. Because once I started to peel back the layers, I found more things you know, as I rose up, I saw things I needed to deal with. I'd shifted my mindset and started to realize that I needed to take responsibility for my whole life. And I didn't really like that, mm. but I could see that it was true. Okay. And I thought, wow. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things to work on there. So talk to me about this resilience that you felt you always had or you found it at the moment that you needed it. What do you put that down to? I would say that um, I've had the experience from a young age, fortunately, of just feeling like I had a really low self-worth. And the reason I say fortunately is because as I grew into being a young adult, finding my way and coming out of my cocoon and um, not being shy, I realized that um, I didn't have much fear about trying new things. And this was an asset for me as I navigated um, my early life adventure. And so when I got to being a business owner, it did have, I wasn't afraid to fail really hard at that point. And I would take that through with me and need that a lot. When I was uh, growing the most in the early days of me being a client of coaching and transforming my business. Mm -hmm. And you talked about needing to work through layers. Like that's something I talk a lot about on the podcast is removing the layers so we can actually find the happiness that's kind of sitting, you know, inside of, of all that kind of built up protection, that armor that we kind of generate for, um, over the course of our lives. Um, 
And you mentioned it was a little bit scary kind of dipping into that. So again, what gave you the courage and motivation to actually push through that, those, those fears that you had and that, you know, allowed you to do the work to break it through? Was the, the coach that provided you that support uh, or was it your own desire to achieve the best for yourself? Well, I had my coach who was a brilliant accountability partner and I don't know what would have happened to me throughout that time if I didn't have something like that. So I'm so glad I did um, because, you know, I was gaining a new perspective, not because she was telling me what it was, but because she was holding space while I was uncovering what I needed to see. And at first it would have been things like, wow, I don't have very great boundaries with my clients, so I don't have great boundaries over here. But one topic that came up a lot was about my husband's drinking and, um, well, my ex-husband's drinking. And I really was um, in a seriously codependent relationship with him. So I was unwilling to see in the beginning that that wasn't a functional relationship. So what happened was I would work really hard on the mindset that I needed to shift my business. But as long as my ex-husband was still in my life and I was playing this role with him, um, and we were both characters in a circus basically because you know, the way it happened for us was that he was the one using a substance and being chaotic and I was the one being addicted to him and being chaotic. Mm -hmm. So my business couldn't thrive because I was allowing someone that was very toxic to stay in my environment. And so from the time I started coaching, it took me three years until I gained the courage and the awareness it was almost like a mind, body, and spirit sort of alignment because my mind knew I needed to leave before my emotions did. And my body definitely knew I needed to leave because I stopped feeling attractive, attracted to him and I felt like repulsed from him. And, you know, finally my emotions started to unhook enough that I could see with clarity that I really needed to let go of that relationship. So honestly, that relationship was so sticky for me, and, and, but also horrible. If it wasn't so horrible, I might have stayed in it for a lot longer. Mm. So while I was growing and filling myself with beauty from the inside, it was exacerbating how truly ugly of an environment I had created for myself. And that contrast kept me going because the tension was just unresolvable unless I made a really big change. Mm. And I remember being dressed really nicely at 7.30 in the morning. No, probably 6.30 because I had to get there at 7 to a networking meeting. Mm -hmm. I was heading out the door, building my business, working my fanny off and networking in those days I was networking all around town and as I left my house I saw him sitting in his car at the end of the street with a 
beer in a paper bag and he was just waiting until I left the house so I wouldn't have a confrontation with him. And I thought that was the moment. And it wasn't the first time that it happened. It was just the first time I was awake enough to say consciously to myself from my own accord that that wasn't in alignment with what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty significant and not an easy thing to deal with either. Uh, especially when you've got such a strong attachment and, you know, a marriage is something that society expects us to maintain. So to try and break that off, it's not only uh, personal, it's kind of, you know, the, the cultural acceptance of that as well is something that's sometimes difficult to extract yourself from. And, you know, exiting a marriage is complicated as well. Like it's not easy to, you know, manage the paperwork and then the finances and all the things that go along with that. It's taxing. Uh, I've also been down that road as well. So, um, but the payoff, if you feel like it's truly what your body is um, demanding of you, it's really a no-brainer, wouldn't you say? Well, absolutely. And um, I guess I'm really glad I went through the experience so I can have compassion for people that, that resist going through the experience because on the outside looking in, a lot of times it's easy to see when a relationship just isn't functional. Um, but I was so inside of it in, in such a drastically dysfunctional relationship where there was so much abuse happening on every level that when I left it, I, and I thought, gosh, no one was really rooting for us to stay together. And, mm. you know, we didn't have kids together. So our bond was easy to break. It was the addiction that I had to being with an addict that was so strong mm. that I'm glad I understand that now because I see a lot of addiction in our culture now that I'm on the outside and it makes me more compassionate to people who are in there somewhere. Yeah. And can you provide our listeners some insight into how your body, if you can reflect back how your body was feeling at that time compared to how your body feels now in the work that you do and the life that you've got? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, I teach a lot about how your environment is your mirror and I include people in that. So we shared this home and it was a historic home. So I liked the energy of the home itself. It was just kind of settled and rested and, um, relaxing to be in. It was a little disheveled cause it had gone through a renovation and I was, you know, fixing it up. So that had ended up very beautiful and it sold very well. So at the tail end of this renovation, he and I were still in it for some time. And, you know, after the beer in a paper bag day, um, the hundredth one, the one where I woke up and asked him to leave, um, I, I didn't have it in my mind on that at that moment that we would divorce, but I was just rattled. I was very rattled, like physically very tense, very scared. And I didn't know how rattled and, and um, it, it's like there was just a chaos in my body. There was a buzzing inside. I didn't realize how much of that was there because of my um, reaction to him being around. Uh, he felt like being near 
a tornado. <laughs> and, okay. you know, as the days went on after he left, he started driving down to Miami and called me in the middle and he's like, should I come back? I was like, no. So I didn't know what the outcome of that situation would be, but my body just started to relax. And um, my body told me before my mind did, seven days later, my body was like, you like this, you're calm. And that felt wonderful. Um, and from that moment till now, my body has changed even further because, you know, the work I've done between now and then was just building on getting out the things that weren't working and then recalibrating with what really does work. Yeah, that's great. So all the hard work, the kind of fears, the struggle, when you look back now, you can you know, put your hand on your heart and say it was just, it's all worth it, right? Like it was worth every, every struggle and every bit of effort to get through it. Absolutely. And um, I've had to walk away from friends that are questioning themselves for a long time about whether or not they should stay in a relationship because it's hard for me to watch, even though I was that person for a while. Mm -hmm. um, but it actually had to become extremely painful for me to end it. So I, I will say your body, your mind, your, your emotions are saying to you your truth and yeah. you can decide to listen to it when it's a little bit bad, a lot bad, extremely bad, or you're dead. So I waited till extremely bad and then I left and uh, it's so worth it. And I guess I needed for it to feel really bad for me to really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, that's not uncommon. And, you know, I think we talked about the analogy of the feather, the brick in the train, uh, which is a friend of mine, I borrow off him. And, you know, sometimes we get tickled with the feather. It's not enough for us to change. And then the brick is not enough for us to change. And then it's not until we get hit by the train, that kind of really painful experience. And, uh, do we decide like something has to change like we're forced into the change so understand uh that very well so let's switch that around a little bit now michelle and can you tell us about your manifesto academy for entrepreneurs yeah so you know sometimes things just fall into place and i hadn't put podcasting at the tip top of my list but um I had started to put together a kit. I thought, gosh, I really, I know, if I know anything, I know how to save people time and money getting their business worked out. And by way of doing that, you know, connecting their personal as well. So I started putting down into worksheets my, my brainstorming that I've done, that I do with my private clients. And putting that online. And that led me to that marketing conference. But on my, on my journey to getting to that point, I had been thinking about how I was going to promote this thing and get content out there. And the word manifesting had been bubbling up for me. And it was very frustrating before I really understood where my niche was as a coach, because, you know, I was like, ugh, I need to know more words so I can tell people what I do. And 
I kept using that word and I thought, you know what? I'm a manifester. I manifest businesses. I've manifested a heck of a transformation and I know how to tell other manifestors how to do this because it turns out the clients I was attracting are, they're just gangbusters. They're people that are in it to win it like right out of the gate. And I love that. And I relate to that. So, you know, something hard comes up to stop them. They might stop and swirl around for a little while and that's okay, but they won't stop completely. So I wanted to tell that story somewhere. And my friend said, why well, podcast every day with my friend on my way to work? And I was like, what? Cause I'm picturing this whole setup with a microphone and a light and all this stuff. And, um, he told me about this app, the anchor app, and I downloaded it 20 minutes later. Cause that's how I am. And I thought, yes, this is one place that I want to speak and tell people about what's happening. So I have a kit that you can get and experience a lot of my teachings all in one place, but it's so much more than that. It's now the podcast. Yeah. It's my Instagram. It's just places where you can absorb my interviews with people to understand all the layers and all the avenues and all the perspectives about transformation and manifestation. Yeah. Well, you sure do give a lot of content away for free. I have to say I'm a, I am a fan of your Instagram um stories because you you know you kind of uh share so much insight at the time when you're really kind of feeling it um so just quickly how do how do people kind of tune into your channels yeah so you're right about the instagram i found that to be a really off the cuff way to connect and people really like it that are fans and some people can't stand it i'm sure because i get a little blabbity blabbity but um I share true stuff. Like I lift up the hood there and that is Michelle Lynn Anderson with an S E N. That's my Instagram handle. Mm -hmm. And my website is Michelle Anderson, two L's and then S E N at the end of my name. That's where you can connect with the blogs, the podcast, and you can connect to the Instagram there too. And join in on the newsletter if you want, if you want to go to the website there. Okay. Yeah, I really recommend that. Um, the newsletter is also great. And uh, you do have a string of interviews, including mine, of course, um, that are really great um, content. So I really recommend people check that out. Um, and I've got more questions about manifesting because I find it interesting how people can switch from like this worrying mindset where you're constantly worried about your problems. Like you want something, but you spend most of your time just worrying about what you don't have. So can you tell us how to switch that around? So we creating a mindset that can have the um, ability to manifest what we really want. Yes. Um, First of all, always listen to what truth is coming up from inside you because you were your best guide. And a lot of times we'll just drag a bunch of junk in the way and be like, no, I'm going to do this. I need to learn this course. I need to go to this conference. I need to, I'll do it when I get back from vacation. Um, I'll do it when the kids graduate. 
you just, uh, it's easy to put things in front of us, whether it's a timeline, a person or whatever. So if you're able to lift that aside and really listen to what you're saying, um, you might on the inside of yourself be saying, gosh, I really like these people talking on this podcast. Maybe I should follow their stuff. Go follow their stuff. That's a sign. Um, so it's kind of as you uncover layers that aren't working, listening to where, what you're drawn toward. And it's all about being reconnected with your desire. And one of the things I like to do to slice through worry and fear is to make sure I'm taking time out to do something fun. And that might be the last thing that you feel like you can afford to do when you're really pent up and stressed out, but it takes you out of a mindset that's really just going to get you deeper into the hole that you're already in. Mm -hmm. Because the th if the thoughts are things and you're worrying about it, you can't use that same mindset to get out of where you are. So connecting with what your truth is and fun is a great way to do that. For some people, meditating is a challenge when you're really worried and stressed out. I like to play. I will get up. Uh, my cats will tell me when to get up. Uh, they'll say, you've been sitting in that chair for five hours. Get up and play with me. Um, and they're like my, my spirit buddies. They're like, all right. So whatever breaks you out of that monkey mind is going to be a really good friend to you. It does not need to be hard. Yeah. And the other thing is to just get in action. And I did the both and I would listen inside and get in action, listen inside, get in action over and over and over. And when I first started my journey, yeah, I acted like a weirdo because I didn't know where I was going, but I started going. <laughs> and, and nobody's laughing now. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're, you're doing amazing things. So what is something that, um, you know, the Daily Scrub is all about doing something every day that kind of gets you close to where you want to be? So what's something, you know, listeners could do every day to help them manifest? I love manifesting because it's, it's like an, it sounds active, but we want to do that because we want to get to a feeling of freedom or joy. So I think connecting in with where you are right now and asking yourself, is this where I want to be? So I like to say that my house is one of my coaches. And when I look around, if I see things or people, or if I don't even like my house, if I see something I don't like, if I don't want to be present in the environment that I created for myself, and this is where I come from as a designer. I wanted to know what was real, really beautiful. And what's beautiful is what you desire. And so if you don't feel aligned with your environment, that's, that's a place to look and go, something needs to change here. Mm. I don't care if it's a person you can't stand. And, and a lot of people are living like that. Mm. Um, and they might put things in their environment 
in the way of things in their environment that they don't want to see. That's where clutter comes from and dust and grime and rooms you don't go in. So look around you and say, do I like this? Move if you have to. I've moved four times in seven years, actually six times in seven years, four times in four years, because I kept saying this, this place isn't good enough for me. So I've been where I am now for almost three years. So um, your environment is a big deal. You've totally read my mind <laughs> because that was part of my next question because your coach, correct me if I'm wrong, had a lot to do with feng shui, this original coach to kind of help you shift stuff from the kind of old Michelle life to the new Michelle life. So as, and then that fits in beautifully with your own experience and your own skills. So that must have just been just light bulbs going off for you. Um, tell us about that a little bit more. Yeah, it was. Um, actually, it was one of those nudges where she spoke somewhere and I missed her chat. It was about feng shui and I missed it. But I thought, I want to hear about that. So I asked her if she'd meet me. And when she spoke about it, I had been curious about it for years. I really liked the take that she had on it, which was an instinctual feng shui approach, not like a strict um, methodology like the, the Chinese uh, version. It was more kind of an intuitive approach to feng shui that I really appreciated. Uh, so I really wanted to hire her for my own space. But again, I thought, oh my gosh, $300 for an hour and a half sounds so like so much. I mean, I probably made $11,000 that year in my business. So that was a lot, mm -hmm. but I lived in this really ugly apartment and she, I hired her. I was so curious and, uh, this was before I hired her as a coach, but when, my husband had not come into the country yet and I was, thinking, gosh, I already kind of sensed some trouble in our relationship. When she, before she came over, I thought to myself, I just hope she doesn't bring up my relationship because that was one of my deep, dark secrets that I didn't want to talk to anybody about. Mm -hmm. And she walked into my front room, put her hand on her hip and goes, what's going on in your relationship? Mm. And I was like, holy moly, something's, yeah. something's connected here. Mm. And I was very much a fan of hers from that day forward because she really, you know, she didn't say it to call me out. It was like a compassionate thing. And, and I was like, Oh my gosh. And I, you know, I didn't want to tell her everything, but I thought she can help me. And she knows, she knows how I think. And we, when we started working together, when she was my coach, we did a lot of feng shui things. Uh, and I, I soaked it up and I always did what she suggested. Mm. Even if I couldn't bring myself to do it right away because some things I resisted doing. But um, I spent a vast amount of energy transforming my environment, especially when I saw it leveraging my internal transformation and they eventually were helping each other. Yeah, I find this fascinating. Um, because our environment definitely changes uh, our biology. Like there's certain chemicals that are released into the body that 
happen because of how our body perceives the environment. So, and I'm just curious, what were the signs, like reflecting back, what were the signs that you think she picked up on in your apartment for her to say, what's going on with your relationship? Like how, what were the, like, what did the room look like? Like, what did she notice that um, kind of told her there was something up with your relationship? Well, it sounds a little odd, but I had my couch set at a diagonal so that it was blocking a corner of the room. And when you set furniture diagonally, that in itself is oftentimes really awkward. And uh, I advise against it unless you have to do it, usually, as a designer. And I don't know why I arrived at this decision, but it happened to be in my relationship corner. And beyond her feng shui uh, teachings, she is wildly intuitive. And um, I don't know what other things she was picking up, but mm. that prompted her. And uh, as she went on to teach me, she would show me that her methods were based off of looking at the feng shui bagua map which will dissect your home into a grid. And each there are sections in your home that have to do with certain areas of your life. And uh, if you have, like, for example, clutter piled up in your relationship corner, it's, you know, meaning there's something you don't want to look up at there, which was essentially... I was, I was trying to manipulate a story by making my couch so distinctly awkward, <laughs> mm. which was very much a metaphor for my marriage. I was allowing people to see a small pie slice of what was actually happening and the rest of it, the you know, remaining 80% of it just wasn't good. That's so interesting. So could you share with the listeners if you could? So if they looked at their house or their apartment where they're living now, what room would you recommend someone start with in terms of decluttering or rearranging um, from your experience? Is there a room to begin with, like your bedroom, your living room, your kitchen, you know, where would you start if you, if you, I know you would prefer to know personal details and so on, but is there a general piece of advice you could get to give someone to kind of help them reduce stress? Well, sure. If you're focusing on the reducing stress aspect, I think there's kind of a twofold approach here now. If you're, while you were saying that, whoever's listening, whatever room popped up in your head, that's the one okay. <laughs> that you need to start with. It's like, oh my gosh, my basement. Well, that's the one. So your basement actually represents your past. And think about it. A lot of people store stuff in there. And, um, Whatever Mary Kondo says in her fancy little book, I recommend doing every little slice of that. And I've done that plenty of times. But for reducing stress, you know, your bedroom shouldn't be, um, it, it should be in your priority list because that's where you go to basically recharge. Mm -hmm. And if you have a spot in your house that is your relaxation spot, other than that, then, you know, that should be as well. Mm -hmm. And then your kitchen 
they all have importance, but your kitchen is going to be part of your nourishing area. So if that's a pile of junk and you don't want to cook in there and you just want to go out and get pizza, then that would be third. So the reason I say bedroom and, you know, you're resting there is, is also because a lot of people don't really think about it as a sanctuary. They might think about it as their, um, you know, storage unit for clothes that need to be folded or, you know, mm. um, you know, bedrooms say a lot about relationships too, because that's either where you're sharing a bed with your partner or you might hope to have one. Or you're supposed to have, you know, your kingdom or your queendom set up just for you. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're not like using that room to make yourself or yourself and your partner very special, then you need to look at that. And there's so many things to be told by walking into a bedroom. I try and turn off my feng shui mind when I'm talking to clients unless I'm invited to open it up. Right because then I automatically know a lot about them that I'm not necessarily invited to know. Wow. That's so interesting. Um, I hope you delve more into that space because I think as you know, people spend so much time in their homes and as you said, especially in their resting kind of healing hours that if it's not set up right, you're actually potentially increasing your stress inadvertently. Like you really don't know. And but the opposite's true. If you get it cleared out and it's set up right, it can it's working on your subconscious level of, of and it's healing you. So I think that's just so fascinating. I hope you come up with a, a really good uh, funnel for that one day, Michelle, because I think that's brilliant. Well, great. Yeah, maybe I'll do a whole podcast um, segment about it because I know I kind of like overlook it because I'm like, yeah, yeah. But I honestly, I use it as a tool every day. And I, and I really um, respect my environment. Yeah, I think that's so, so important. Um, okay, so I want to ask you, we've kind of touched on different things that you recommend, but for you personally, what... Is your environment like your favorite thing to focus on in terms of your own stress? Like you take a lot of work on and you're managing a growing business with Flourish and you're managing, you know, growing your um, manifesto business. Um, how do you, when things boil up now for you, like when your stress levels rise, what, do you, what what's your, your single most favorite thing to offset that? Like what's your daily scrub? So one of my favorite daily scrubs is that I am a cat person and I have three tabby cats mm -hmm. and when I am overworked and busy, I already said they kind of tell me to stop. Um, but the other thing is I feel very, very calm when I'm, you know, just jump up and go and hug one of them or pet one of them. Oftentimes I'll, eat lunch and then decide to answer some emails on my couch and have one of them by me. And um, they just are partners in my, um, it's like having a little massage therapist walking around. They, they give me that, like this great feeling. I also talk to them uh, for my own comic relief. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, the laughter with them, 
that's my crazy cat lady ish for sure. My laughter with them, my relaxation with them is, is really scrubby for me. Um, and being surrounded by beauty, I can't be without now. I mean, sure. I, you could make me do it, but my home is what I think is beautiful. And knowing that I'm in a beautiful space is also the foundation for me to be, um, flourishing at my best. Mm -hmm. So like the things I have behind me, everything in here is intentional mm. and very strategic, but not overdone. It just supports who I am. So just having that support with my space and my buddies here, um, and, and healthy food and, and like, just breaks to get up and do different things in my space. Mm -hmm. And I also live in a downtown area where when the sun's out on a chilly day or just a nice day, I'll go walk and get my scrub doing that. Right. Some really great scrubs there, Michelle. I can see why you look so relaxed, even though you've got so much on at the moment. It's great to see. And you're always smiling as well, which is a sign of good health. Uh, so can you offer your coaching services to anyone around the world or is it, um, or is it uh, more localized in Cincinnati or in the USA? They can be anywhere. And I have spoken to some people on the other side of the globe as well. Um, and in addition to having coaching calls, I do as part of my private program, a VIP day, which you get to do with me in person. And if you, for some reason, can't make it, that can be a Zoom call. It's not the same um, as coming in for a really, really great retreat. But yes, I do. I, I can have clients all around the world. Great. And just remind the listeners how they could get in contact with you, because I think some of the stuff that you've talked about today is so fascinating. I'm sure there's people that'd be keen to hear more. Yeah, the best way to get in contact with me actually is my Instagram. If you follow me there and DM me there, just because I do tune in on that, that's the only social app I have on my phone that goes with me. Um, but if you prefer the email way, <laughs> you can email me at michelle at michelle anderson with two L's and an S-E-N dot com. Yeah. Great. Well, I really recommend that if people find all of the things that Michelle does interesting, just getting in touch and, and, and subscribing to the newsletter and following your Instagram and, and getting more information uh, from you um, via email, if that's your way of doing it as well. So Michelle, I think we might uh, wrap it up there. Is there anything you want to share with our daily scrub listeners? I would just say I'm, Glad that I checked out your episodes, I think up to the first um, five episodes. And I have practiced some of those things that you speak of and just absolutely work those in. I, it, like I meditate for 15 minutes every morning. Those scrubs are priceless. I wish I would have made sure that I'd done that sooner because I really have been committed to, you know, at least a small type of lifestyle scrub mm -hmm. every day for about a year now and it makes a pretty big difference and then you can layer in more if you want yeah yeah i agree i think once you start getting the habit of scrubbing so to speak and 
you know, doing it in the same way that we brush our teeth or having a shower or getting, you know, ready for the day. Um, you know, I think we're so focused sometimes on our physical appearance and our physical health that we often just ignore the emotional health, kind of ignore the mental health. And we don't put any effort into that. There's like gyms all around the world that are great. You know, I go to gyms and stay fit and active as well. But we, we also need to remember that time to work on our emotional health and our mental health because otherwise the other bits, they just don't go together that well. And it will manifest, as you said, you know, negatively in the body, which is what we, the last thing we want. So Michelle, thank you so much for joining. Uh, it's been a, an honor to have you as our first guest. I'm absolutely thrilled. Uh, I think we're very much on the same page with so many things and, um, and look forward to probably having you on again in the future um, and touching base and, and seeing what you're up to because you're doing great work in your local area with some of the projects, you know, from a, from a flourish point of view, I love checking out some of your, your gardens. They're absolutely stunning and your kind of home um, stuff as well. It's amazing. But also on the, on the manifesto front, I'm sure you're going to change people's lives with uh, all the knowledge that you have and the way that you explain it and make it, um, applicable and people can take the advice actually do something with it it's not just a good idea and it's just so out there that you can't grasp it's very practical things so um, yeah it's been a, a pleasure to have you on thank you so much it's been really fun to be here with you all right well you have a great evening and uh, we'll talk soon okay great thank you right. take care Bye -bye.